0: Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: So we were talking about this stupid WNBA controversy last hour that's not worth resetting. But um, I said at some point, and it's so weird with sports on how, you know, uh, people will attend a boys' high school basketball game in greater numbers than the girls' high school basketball game most of the time. Even though if you went to the next level. Um, the girls are way better than the boys in high school. So if you're just wanting quality of play, college girl basketball, women's basketball, is better than high school boys' basketball. So it's not that. It's something about there's other psychological things involved. Hey, I have a question, but I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, so go ahead. they just got this text, and I don't agree with it. Good high school teams, boys' teams, crush women's pro teams regardless of sport. I don't think there's a high school boys' team that would beat a WNBA team?
0: I, I don't watch enough to know. I have a feeling you're right. But I do think an elite boys' high school basketball team, I think they'd do really well against a women's college
1: team. Probably. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're similar enough in ages. women's team the best women's college team.
2: That's an interesting question. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not confident in the answer.
1: What would you guess, sir? Sean, you watch a lot of sports.
2: Uh if we're talking like the the traveling, the AAU, almost like professional high school that circuit. That has the, long, the, the the next LeBron and yeah, all those like people Those in. people would probably do very well against women, college, and probably uh, professionals as well. But if you're just taking like a random, like best in the I just think given city high school like, well, take, team, Take the not.
1: state champion from any state. I don't think they're going to beat an NBA, a WNBA team, but that's a, I could be nah, wrong.
0: I don't know. Just uh, speed and strength. Yeah. Um. Just it's it's the difference between men and women, but again, I I'm not confident Anybody in my know? answer
2: because well, also that that high school team is eighteen years old. The professionals are low twenties, right mm-hmm. there. There isn't like this. It's not a gigantic yeah. age I'm, gap. I'm
1: here. not confident either, but that's yeah. just what I think. Anybody know anything about it? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC four one five two nine five KFTC.
0: It'd be like Bobby Riggs versus Billie Jean King in the seventies. Watch the enjoyable movie of some title I don't recall.
1: <laughs> that had, what's his name from the Daily Show as Bobby Riggs, right? Steve Carell? Was yeah. it Steve Carell, the Bobby Riggs character?
2: Yeah. It was a pretty enjoyable movie, too. I don't oh, remember yeah, the I, name. I didn't see it. I, yeah. I have played basketball against a former WNBAer uh and got embarrassed plenty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. and But I'm
2: is... also not, I, I did not make my high school basketball team. So there's there you that. Go.
0: There you go. So that's, that was an utterly useless comment.
2: <laughs> oh, I, and, I thought the one person who had actually competed against the might <laughs> have some insight into the conversation, Joe. Well,
0: again, just, all right. You know. I don't know why I'm yelling. I, <laughs> I once, I once wrestled the bear. I've never wrestled before, but I uh, anyway. <laughs>
1: Well, the the flip side of it would be you have wrestled a bear, and we're having all these man versus bear wrestling conversations, <laughs> and you weigh in with your experience, and you sh- you shout yourself down saying, <laughs> "Well, we'll ask it. you. I'm the yeah. only person who's ever wrestled a bear." We're talking about elite teams <laughs> at each level, not slackers
0: who couldn't make their team, <laughs> much <Slackers>. like me. <laughs> Hilarious. Now, now, personal shots.
1: My niece is trying out this weekend. Uh, She's going to Colorado for some big thing where, because she's a freshman in high school, where the 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 scouts come from all over the country to watch you to see if you're you know the next thing. Mm. And um,
2: as a freshman, they're already getting college scouts.
1: They 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 start younger than that. But um, oh heck yeah yeah soccer's her big thing. Um, and she's you know got some colleges she's hoping she can get into that way but it's it's man the 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 sports thing one of my best friends of all time his daughter is a division one uh track athlete walk-on and um cause she came from a tiny tiny school so she was not recruited but she walked on and made the team but his talks the way we just the way we just destroy kids now with sports mm-hmm. if, if you're good at it because you just but like my my niece has been injured every time i've seen her since she was like sex six years old oh. maybe just always coming off a f- a broken foot or an elbow or a something because she's w- super hardcore competitive sports year round. There are no seasons. If you you know you just you pick your sport soccer basketball whatever it is a kid and if you're good at it it's year round constant beating on your body to yeah. the exclusion of everything else. Also, right, right. I know it. I was talking to
0: actually it's my personal trainer uh, Jean Jacques who's a <laughs> who's a t- absolutely terrific guy. He's a proud dad. Uh, but one of his, uh, kids is a really good softball player. And I asked him, Hey, are you doing something fun Memorial Day weekend? He said, Yeah, well, we were going to do this, blah, blah, blah. But a tournament came up. And so, and, and a lot of you live this lifestyle. And if, if you're happy, it's great. If you're happy, you go know, and am...
1: clap your hands.
0: <laughs> that's a good sign. It's a good sign to others. Um, I'm grateful in a weird way that none yeah. of my kids was an elite enough athlete that I lived that
1: lifestyle. I, I know. And I, that's a weird thing to think, but that is exactly what's going on this Memorial Day weekend my other brother is meeting me and my boys at grandma and grandpa's house. Um, the, the other brother and his uh, daughters won't be there because of this, uh, this tournament, this playing tournament. And, you know, I don't, I think he's, you know, I'm not saying he's not making the right choice. I think he's absolutely making the right choice and it's what she wants to do. But I, it doesn't bother me that I don't have a kid that's going to be on that track.
0: You know, it, it relates to, and I read something pretty eloquent about this. And so I will probably ruin it. Um, But uh, there's an element of the parents serve the children and the children set the priorities of the family. Ah, yes. When the whole family is chasing around to tournaments every weekend and the rest of it or that I'm not sure is great. And listen, this might sound selfish. I don't know. I have a life i have things i want to do i have things i need to do i have things i enjoy doing uh, that stimulate me and then s- watching children play sports like all the time
1: isn't super high on that list well and um because i've observed this with others if you have one kid who's a standout athlete that affects the other kid that's not really that into sports because right. the weekends the weekends shot for yeah. 8 months out of the year Yeah, the family's not going to go do this because we're going to the soccer tournament.
0: And I'm musing here, folks. I am not judging anybody. I've not walked a mile in your shoes because number one, I'd have to steal your shoes, and then I don't even imagine. I I don't know
1: how would that happen if they're not the same size. I mean, if they're too tight, or what if they're giant clown shoes?
0: (laughs) Well, there's no need. What are you going to call them three hundred pounders next? There, please. Oh so yeah. Anyway, Uh, I guess
1: that uh, that covers that. And in ninety five percent of the cases, right, these elite athletes are elite at their current level, but they're you know it's it's just something to do as a kid. They will not move up. No, they won't. They won't even play in college, let alone anything beyond that. Get a full
0: scholarship. The rest of it, and it doesn't matter how many times it's proved that the best thing for an athlete is to play different sports. Play your main sport for its season. You can do workouts and the rest of it, but do other things for part of the year. It doesn't matter how often that's that's shown. Everybody, everybody thinks if you're ahead as an 11 year old, you'll be ahead as an 18 year old, and you will get the scholarship. Well, yeah, and it's
1: no, not true. No matter t- how many times it's, it's not. Gonna, it's not necessary. No, no matter how many times it's been proved. Also, that if you're like professional level athlete. You can start whatever sport you want to start when you're 14, and you'll be fine. Yep. (laughs) You'll still dominate all the other kids who have been playing since they were eight. With a good coach,
0: you will catch up in a big, big hurry. But anyway, I'm not going to tell America how to live its life. Just the professionalization of youth sports has bothered me for a long time.
1: I signed my son up for football this year and really convinced him hard to do it, and his best friend is doing it, and I'm already regretting it. I'm... Uh, n- n- not because of the head injuries and all that sort of stuff, but, man, they the football thing is a commitment. I've had other parents say, "Oh, that's a commitment. Um, <laughs> and then I Ooh, think, er, did I do this? Because they're starting practice here early in July, three days a week before school even starts, and then during school it's three nights a week for a couple of hours and then games on Saturdays, and that's a lot of time for an 11-year-old
3: to yeah. be focusing
1: on one sport. Yeah. So I'll see how this goes. I'll see wow. how this goes. All right, all right. I'm not sure it was a good idea.
0: Coming up is if schools aren't scary enough, we've got a brilliant, eloquent uh, piece destroying critical race theory. Plus, uh, they're teaching your kids porn in some schools. Holy
1: cow! I don't. The get world's that. gotten nuts. I don't get that.
0: It's 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 a weird. Uh, we've observed this for years. The the, the talk show began in uh, Northern California, right next to the Bay Area, California, grew quickly years and years and years ago into the Bay Area. And um, the one thing that's been interesting about living near San Francisco and and Berkeley and all those places is the one sort of freedom that's absolute is like sexual libertinism, Yeah. Yeah. not property rights, not not, uh, right to work, not free speech. They don't care about any of that. In fact, they're against some of it. But, boy, you can fornicate with a a porcupine of the same sex in front of children, and that's a sacred right.
1: Right, for some reason. It's just weird. So we've also got to get to this. uh, Pandemic risk assess are never objective, according to a mathematician, and this fits in with a lot of what we've learned over the last year Hmm. on how we look at risk, and we have different filters we run it through, and it's not all logical by any means. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty.
2: strong and
3: getty show these are primates we're talking about here so they can do some substantial damage to you they have large canines they may be small monkeys but they are extremely strong they could take you to the ground if they wanted to so for someone to just go in there and give them food from their hands could just ruin that it's going to take a really long time to get them back to where they were and to get them back training
1: what I do not get that last part. A woman decided to hop a fence, climb through some bushes at a zoo in Texas, drop down into a four-foot moat, walk across the moat, and then try to feed the
2: spider monkeys Cheetos. <laughs> not just spider monkeys. Apparently monkeys and large dogs. The trainer there said they had large canines. That's their teeth. Oh. Their sharp, sharp teeth. I was really hoping for monkeys with pets. <laughs> monkeys <laughs> with guard dogs.
1: <laughs> Release the hounds. <laughs> She's very fortunate, say, uh, experts, that they, she didn't have the worst outcome for her or the animals. These are primates. They're strong. You heard that part. Could have torn her apart or done serious damage.
0: Anyway. I'm about to make an incredibly obscure musical reference, but if David Lowry of Camper Beethoven, and Crackers listening, David... Feed the spider monkeys Cheetos would have been a good B side for Take the Skinheads Bowling. Wow. Just saying. <laughs> we should. Camper van fans enjoy the hell out of
1: that reference. We should revisit the hijacking of the flight over Belarus because uh, that's an interesting sure. story. And The Atlantic is um, th- they're concerned that this might be you know another major signal in the breaking down of world order that we've all just come to expect. Wow. You get on a plane, you can fly around the world. Airspace is, you know, treated with a certain way, uh, with a certain idea of expectations and all this sort of stuff. Uh, is this another sign of the breaking down of world order? Maybe we'll get into that later. Wow. That gave me like a sick feeling in my stomach. Um, me too. Me too, as nice. I started to read about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's part of me that wants to pay off the uh, pornographic literacy being taught in school story, but. And this is too long to read to you the whole thing on the air. I wish it wasn't, because it's brilliant. Um, uh, But I will work with Hanson to get it posted at armstrongandgetty.com. It's in such a tiny font, Jack. As you can see, I am now placing on reading glasses, which I do roughly once a month. I am gifted with with excellent sight for reading. I
1: have to put on reading glasses to read the E on the chart.
0: But this is this is like in a two point font. It's practically microfiche. It's like I'm a spy and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in my mouth and chew it up and swallow it when I'm done with it. I don't know why it laid out like this, but it is. Well, I'll just read it to you. It's by Dale Mortensen. Uh critical race theory is coming to your child's school. Um, and then he imagines critical race. Are those
1: race... women's frames? Those, they those are. glasses.
0: They are. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. I can't
0: find. Judy bought me a manly pair, and I misplaced them. Okay. Which, if you know me, is not the least bit surprising. So yes, these are—they're not only women's frames, Jack. They're like really they're pretty,
2: clearly women's lady, frames. Lady, I hope you enjoy lady, your, your bunko game later this evening. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty aggressively clearly feminine. And Sean, that
0: was one of the funniest things you've said, and that's oh, saying yeah. something because you are hilarious.
1: You hadn't turned your head. I hadn't even seen the side of the glasses. No, oh yeah, they the are bows, very, if you will. very. Why don't you go to the door? I think there's a girl scout there to sell you some cookies and you can buy a bunch of boxes to support the local girl scout. Well, I do so. That's a male.
0: I support the girl scout. Oh, easy. <laughs> what what t- what time is it? I can't see now I can't see the clock on my computer because I got freaking
1: reading glasses on. If you'd put All on right. a shawl with those glasses, you'd have a certain look going. <laughs> it's a little warm for shawls. <laughs>
0: So Dale Mortensen is imagining critical race theory standing at the podium and, and, and introducing itself to the school board, students, parents, teachers, and anything close. Uh, it's So I'll just read part of it to you. It's it's brilliant. And again, trust me, the whole thing is worth it. Hi, my, my real name is Critical Race Theory. I presented myself to many well-known communities using words you think you know, like equity or inclusion. So if it puts you at ease, just call me equity until we get to know each other better. I'm here to institute an all-inclusive anti-racist educational program. I'm sure that you all have a common understanding of the term racist. And if you have questions about this new term, I'll explain what that actually means once we have the program in place. Uh-huh. You're good You're good people, and I know all of you want to be anti-racist, so let's begin. Now, I do understand that my name has the word theory in it, but don't pay too much attention to that, as we will be teaching CRT is truth. Besides, theory and truth both start with a T, so later uh, we can just use them interchangeably and eventually make a permanent name change. I'm going to ask you to please not refer to me using the terms Marxist, Maoist, or Stalinist. CRT is very different from those ideologies. We won't be dividing your children or the citizens of your country by class. We will be using race instead. But enough about words and names. Let's get to the program. That's good stuff. Oh, it is. It is. Um... Our first order of business will be to install a very comprehensive equity program. We here at CRT like the word equity because it sounds so much like equality or the value in your home, and that feels good. But under equality, the law or equality of opportunity doesn't really work for us here at CRT. Those equalities have been worked on for 225 years through struggle, amendments to the Constitution, war, movements, civil rights laws, rules, regulations, trillions of dollars spent. And yet there are still individuals that succeed or fail more often than others in every single school or business in America. Then they make the the point that if you get um, uh, virtually identical students from a limited number of homes of the same races, socioeconomics, etc., they don't have equal outcomes. But that's very uncomfortable to discuss, so we'd really prefer that we don't discuss that at all. But they say that uh, CRT has many goals, but here are a couple of CRT's favorites from the dozens of word salad goals selection one, to ensure that the predictability of student outcomes do not correlate with any social or cultural factor. And two, to ensure that every student is embraced in their full identity, in a community of belonging that empowers them to flourish both academically and socio-emotionally. But then they point out that your kid is no longer your kid. Your kid is your kid's race. And that's all they are. Maybe I'll share a little bit more of this with you in a, in a bit. But it's good. It's devastating.
1: Uh, A mathematician looks at risk assessment during the pandemic, which is pretty interesting, among other things on the way. If you ever miss part of the show, you can find the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. And we'll post the CRT stuff there, too. Go get it.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: how much uh of a platform Tahisi Coates and uh and Robin what's her name who Horse wrote crap. who wrote uh White Fragility. T C Coates who wrote the anti racist book. It's a ama- it's amazing the platforms they're given for their racist crap opinions about the way we ought to approach society. But right. they are given these amazing platforms and Tahisi Coates was on...
2: also X Kennedy was the one who wrote the anti racist book. You are right. You're yeah, absolutely Tuhisi right. Coates I is, got the uh, wrong
1: a, name, and I'm glad you pointed that out, Sean. They are ideological brethren. But they are ideological brethren. And Tahisi Coates is out today on uh, CBS our early show um talking about critical race theory.
3: Yeah, so our critical race theory is a is a is a is a, uh, a framework uh, for understanding uh American history and American life. Uh, and and the basic premise of it starts from the idea that racism is endemic to, to this society. Now, you can agree with that or or disagree with that. You know, all sorts of, you know, historical theories or theories that, you know, can be applied, you know, to a law, et cetera. But to ban it, I just really, really want to focus on that. You know, it's not what your opinion of it is. The idea that it should be banned from teaching at all or banned from discussion or banned from education or pushed out of the public square. I just, you know, I, I think that's, that's a huge problem. I think whatever your opinion of those ideas are, like, you should find that problematic. There are many notions and ideas in America that I totally and completely disagree with. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't ban them. There are a lot of people who I think are, 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 you know, are dead, dead wrong. You know, I wouldn't, you know, move for schools and for universities to ban a discussion of those ideas. I just think that's a, that's a, that's a totally, totally different level.
1: Um, uh, did never, never get Tim Sanford started on Tahisi Coates as we have before, because he'll go on for an hour about how much he hates the guy and how dangerous he is for the country and his views of the world. Um, but uh, as to what he just said there, Joe,
0: well, I appreciated him expressing that point of view, but it is hilarious. It, it reminds me very much of certain fundamentalist Islamist countries uh, where they insisted on having uh, democracy and they got rid of the dictator and they voted in islamist uh, totalitarianism <laughs> they used democracy to end democracy and the thing about critical race theory and i just love him using the term problematic because the more you learn about this you realize that's one of the weapons they have they just they they pick apart they parse what you've said and they find an individual word a phrase they deliberately misinterpret it claim that it proves your racism a uh, racist rather uh they then they say it's problematic and the rest it's just it's absolute garbage but What reminds me of the the Islamist thing is that he's saying, no, it's an open uh, market of ideas, right? Just free discussion of ideas, which everybody who's sane agrees with. But once you get the critical race theory into your schools, for instance, you dare not dissent. Any of you tried to speak up against it at your uh, re-education camp for your job there? How'd that go? Any of you teachers who hate this stuff, when you brought it up during the training session, whoa, this is racist. How'd that go for you?
1: That's a good Martin Bailey argument he's presenting. There, so his. Uh, which one is your castle? The Bailey. Um, the is the mot, mot
0: is the castle. The
1: Mot is and the, the castle. Bailey
0: is the the like the courtyard. Okay, so areas. his
1: his Mot is uh, we want to teach different views in school. Okay, yeah, I can't disagree with that. And the view I want to teach is that we're a systemically racist country through and through, and white supremacy dominates every aspect of the country. Right. And then if you challenge on that, you go back to your Mot. Well, I thought we were going to discuss everything.
0: I thought we were going to have a free exchange of ideas. Yeah, you're teaching a sick, racist philosophy to kids. It's become part of a craze. And I swear, the educational establishment is more prone to falling for crazes than the average 13-year-old. It's unbelievable, and this one's particularly evil. But Dale wrote us this long piece, and, and it's it's so good, though. It's it's critical race theory introducing itself. And it mentions some of the goals and... And Critical Race Theory, speaking for itself, says, as you read this, parents, board members, and teachers may have a few questions that come to mind, such as, how will you ensure or enforce these goals? Isn't correlation similar to coincidence, or wouldn't it be better to examine causation, which requires empirical evidence? Are outcomes, grades, or something else? What are the social or cultural factors? Uh, how will you ensure or measure whether a student is being embraced in their full identity or is flourishing? Does academically mean grades, learning targets, standards? What does it mean? Well, I was actually hoping that you'd be lulled by the virtuousness and empathy emoting from our goals, but I'll try to answer these questions. Truthfully, many of these concepts are impossible to measure and so nebulous that you will need to open a Department of Equity and Inclusion to do the enforcement and interpreting for you. This new administrative arm will need to be fully staffed at the district, school, and possible subject level. Under their watchful eye, they will interpret whether all goals are being met in every school, class, classroom and for every student student should any student feel not embraced in their full identity blah 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 they can file an anonymous complaint online and one of our highly trained crt specialists will spring into action which by the way is exactly what's happening on college campuses that have i it was i think it was ohio state university had 50 some different deans and under deans and associate assistant deans of equity and inclusion blah 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 and uh, anonymous complaints abound and god help the professor who gets complained about we've all heard those stories i'm telling you my friends you have to fight this stuff it is it is far more dangerous than china in terms of an existential threat to this country
1: wow that's a statement
0: end of rant well china's not going to wipe us off the face of the earth unless they decide to go full nuke which would be insane
1: uh pandemic risks as looked at by a, as a math by a mathematician a mathematician. So that next. But first, this is pretty simple math too. You get simply safe and you're safe.
0: You feel safe. You, you feel can safe. relax. Yeah. You have, uh, award winning security, uh, with all the technology bells and whistles you'd expect from a great security system these days. But the people at simply safe take it to the next level. They're around the clock ready anytime you
1: need them. Simply Safe makes it so easy. It takes about 2 minutes to customize a system online when you go to the website simplysafe.com. By the way, you're going to use the uh, the the uh, code Armstrong to get the deal you're going to get. But it takes about 2 minutes to customize a system online. You order, it comes to your home, and you set it up yourself and in 30 minutes you've got all the protection from the best home security system out there according to a lot of reviewers.
0: Fire, burglary, medical emergency, burst pipe, they're there for you. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize your system. Get a free security camera because you use our code. You get a 60 day risk free trial. There is nothing to lose. This is a great system. Go to SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. One more time SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong.
1: Hey, Sean, look at that burger on the TV. I paused the screen. I think I'm going to have one of those for lunch today now that I've seen a picture. I'm already but, hungry. Don't talk about that's that's what, the, that. That's the three patties that's there? That's the triple bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's. Whoa. I'm going to have one of those today. That's my goal. Um, It's good to (laughs) have have goals. yeah. It's my daily goal.
0: How are you going to reach your goals if you don't have
1: goals? My goal is to not be in a miserable emotional pain all day long. That's my goal. That's a good goal. That is. I had, uh, for some reason, and I don't know why, I had an hour break yesterday where it went away for an hour. I take that as a good sign that it's possible. Sure. It came crushingly back. Out of, you know, very quickly, and then just laid me low again, uh, discussing my divorce situation. But had one break from my crushing, uh, emotional pain yesterday. It was, it was really nice. And I wish I knew what brought it on. Just for like an hour. It's like, oh, I'm okay with this. Things will be all right. And then wham! The ton of bricks fell on me again, where no, Yikes. everything you've cared about your whole life is over and you'll never be happy again. Back to that. Okay. Well, I hope that's not true. Uh, anyway, this. Pandemic risk assessments are never objective, according to this mathematician. And man, have we been talking about this a lot for the last year. As a mathematician, I can help others understand statistical evidence, but I can't offer truly universal advice. Because I'm a mathematician, friends often ask me what's okay for them to do in this stage of the pandemic. I can help them understand the statistical evidence, but what I can't do, and what no one, not even the CDC, can do, is tell you what you want. Truly universal advice is impossible, and decisions about risk are always subjective because of one of the variables is you. The fact is, binary classifications such as safe and not safe mostly don't exist in real life, and those who seek them may be led astray. the freaking No kidding that somebody's saying this? <sighs> Other than us. No government agency or Anthony Fauci... Ever said you can't catch the coronavirus from six feet and one inch away. Six feet was always an arbitrary, good enough standard established so that the grocery stores knew how far apart to put the shoe stickers on the floor. But many people nonetheless experienced the recommendation as a sharp-edged boundary. Danger within the six-foot circle, safety outside. This kind of all-or-nothing thinking reached its absurd climax in high school's. Uh, in Billings, Montana, last October. Responding to guidance that coronavirus transmission was a danger when students spent at least 15 minutes within six feet of one another, the schools introduced a new mitigation strategy. Everybody had to change desks every 14 minutes.
0: Oh, Lord.
1: (laughs) Even if the CDC could offer more precise individualized assessments, it certainly couldn't provide an objective answer to what activates you personally. Uh, and what you should embrace or avoid. The CDC is not a health care advisor. Its mission, just like it says on the can, this author wrote, is to control disease, and its recommendations are issued with that goal in mind only. Roughly speaking, if a choice is safe enough that the whole country can make it without causing COVID-19 cases to skyrocket, it gets the green light. But these green lights can't take into account that every decision we make is a trade-off between a risk to ourselves and others and a benefit to ourselves and others, and then we balance the two obviously. Should I eat inside this restaurant? Well, it depends on how much it bothers you to not to, or how much you want to, or who you're going to eat with inside, or all these different things. Should you get on the plane? It depends on the level of the public health risk you pose on the population, um, but also how eager you are to see the person or place on the other end of the flight, how long since you've traveled. It's purely up to you. All of these things factor into the decision. In a year when many of us have been peevishly scolded to follow the science, seemingly no matter what, paying attention to what we actually want can seem irresponsibly unscientific, but no. What's unscientific is treating a trade-off as if it only, only has one side, just because we can measure the one side numerically. People are different from one another, not just in our age and immune robustness, but also our desires and needs and you know how often you want to see your family or think it's a good idea. Or all kinds of different decisions. There are are myriad decisions. The question is not what's safe, nothing is completely safe, or what's safe enough. The question is, among the things deemed safe enough for the public good, what's safe enough for you? And that's a question no government body can answer. Yep. I like all that stuff there. Yep. Really well said. Yeah. And uh, as we watch the, um, the backside of this pandemic, which I didn't really see coming, but I guess is not that surprising in retrospect, as there's a giant crowd that is... Slow to embrace the good news uh, for whatever personal reasons and, and you get to if you want just don't impose it on me oh yeah yeah and it's to the point of being like
0: mass delusion the number of people who are still afraid to hug their grandkid or won't go to a restaurant or even though they're fully vaccinated it's 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 uh, it's
1: craziness. It's it's irrational. I have my kids throw on their masks at the park when all the other kids are wearing their masks. But if all the other kids aren't wearing their masks, because that happened later yesterday afternoon, I say, yeah, don't, don't wear your mask. You don't need to. Um,
0: yeah, I think I appreciate your sensitivity to not freaking people out. I mean, why invite problems? I get it. But. I don't know. And and I'm, it's easy for me to sit back and say, oh, here's what I would do. I'd probably do the same thing. But, boy, wouldn't it be delicious to just stand there and say, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like your attention,
3: please.
1: <laughs> Could I read from the New York Times? The New York Times, I know you all subscribe, because the town I live in, they probably do. right? Uh, the New York Times says not one case has been transmitted outside. Not one in the world that they can prove. And even if a kid got it, it ain't going to matter anyway, because kids don't really get sick. Or transmit it, or anything. And y'all adults
0: are all vaccinated, so tell me now why your kid is wearing a
1: mask. (laughs) But who wants to have that conversation at the park with a bunch of parents shooting, you know, ice beams at you with their eyeballs? Right, right. You know, I
0: I just thought of the perfect analogy. We don't have time, though. We need to take a break. The perfect analogy is coming up. Wow, the perfect analogy. About the whole COVID obsession it's obedience fear thing. Oh, just makes me
1: crazy. So yoga is no longer banned in Alabama after Thank 27 God. years. Thank God. Alabamans can start to limber up. Touch yes. your toes again, huh? Stiff, fat Alabamans. Be able to scratch that part of your back you couldn't get to. That's going to be good to be in <laughs> Uh More on the way.
0: The Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. you want my favorite factoid of the day? Sure. I love a good factoid. Ever since I was a little kid. Pluto has not made a full trip around the sun since it was discovered in 1930 lazy lazy pluto you think 2020 was a long year hey now is pluto a planet again or no yes or I, I, you know i'm i think it's a planet again but yeah that's how long a plutonian year is hasn't wow. made it one trip around the sun since it was discovered wow makes you stop and think about circles now this is the longest year oh well and
0: ellipses don't get me started <laughs> How long is it the plutonian year? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. It's obviously you know longer, longer than, than der, 91 years. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. So it's funny. It's something you said when we were talking about COVID risk and the statistician in the last segment. It, it clicked something in my mind, and and I've been I've tra- been searching for you know ways to explain how we we've, we've completely gotten off track with this thing, especially I almost said during the lockdown periods. The, the Cal Unicornia is still substantially locked down. Allegedly, schools not open, etc. cetera.
1: Lots of kids not going to school. Right, that right. Should which count is a, as a tragedy. My God,
0: it's a historic tragedy. Ugh. Anyway, so I happened to be uh, wandering my back lawn uh, yesterday, just looking at it, and it's it's kind of hodgepodgey, and it got got uh, weeds and crap, and you know, as long as you mow it, it looks all right, but. And I happen to live
1: near a body of water and it's not watering your grass will lead to nihilism. <laughs> Stop, that's... It's Jordan Peterson watering his lawn. If you've never seen that video, <laughs> it's not actually the great Jordan
2: Peterson. The... I believe it
1: is some sort of
2: parody. <laughs> There's no cleaner path to nihilism
0: than right. not watering exactly. your lawn.
3: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I happen to live near water. And so it's I find it very relaxing. It's nice. Um. But there are certain chemicals I'm not supposed to use because I'm close to water. Okay. And you know, it's kind of an honor system. It's not like anybody's going to know, but it was explained to me why it's so important, and I found the argument compelling. The, but the, the authority that controls that, they have one concern, and that's that that water be protected. And that is a perfectly legitimate concern, and I'm glad that they do that. They don't care about weeds. They don't care about my lawn having like sharp prickers or whatever. Uh, you know, those jabby weeds. They don't care about it being knee high and there being rats in it. They don't, they're not supposed to. They have one concern and it's up to me and mine to balance that concern with all the other concerns of life. The CDC. Dr. Fauci had one concern, not your happiness, not your emotional health, not education, not not your children's education, not the love between you and your family, not your need to connect with other human beings. He wasn't tasked with that. And yet the news media and the government acted as though that monotopic authority was in charge of everything. And that was such a terrible, terrible mistake by our society and people fell for it you know there's a reason i've said before and i'll say it again this covid thing is almost worth living through and and god bless you people who lost loved ones i am not taking that lightly at all but it was almost worth observing it to be reminded of how stupid humanity can yeah, be no kidding and how misguided and evil and greedy and the rest of it which brings me to the united states constitution Love it, cherish it, preserve it. The point of it is the majority can't vote away their rights. The majority can't vote themselves a king. The, the majority can't oppress the minority. It, it, it limits power because people are so stupid. And thank God for it. And James Madison.
1: Uh, speaking of government, uh, I'm going to do this briefly. doesn't require a lot of time. A uh, new poll out says Biden's job approval rating is at 62%. So he's banging, hanging around the low sixties, high fifties since he was inaugurated. That uh, that's pretty high for the modern times. My job approval? Do I have a job? Uh, and then a look Come at on. a hypothetical twenty twenty four GOP primary lineup for who would run against Biden if he runs for a second term. Um, and they put all these names on here, uh, and you could choose whoever. You, guess who by who? Who got fifty percent? Barry Goldwater. Trump. Trump at 50. Next closest, Mike Pence at 13. Donald Trump Jr. at 8. Then you drop way down to single digits Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mitt Romney, Ted Cruz, Tim Uh, Scott, Marco Rubio, all uh, also runs. But Trump, 50%. He will get the nomination walking away if he decides he wants it.
0: Yeah, it's very early to be looking at numbers like that. But as far as that goes, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. All
1: you have to do is get the plurality in any state. Hey, if you ever miss a
0: segment, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Get Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast.